of the Royal Alliance UK podcast, episode 211, Forgetting Stephen Marshall. Try and work it out later. My name is Matthew Turner alongside Anthony Fitzpatrick. How you doing, man? You don't need to draw attention to it. You just say it and move on. Otherwise, you're deliberately putting it out there that it's bad. You know, you're setting up my content as bad. So I was doing all right until then. I've had a very good weekend. I've enjoyed the bank holiday. It's been good fun. We came from 2-0 down today. 1-3-2 town did. You know, it's, uh, all signs are up. And now we've got this very interesting situation where we're going to find out the roster very soon. And I can't wait because I just want to start kicking teams in the NFL. And we're nearly there. Yeah, it's a really interesting time of year. So cut down day tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. UK time. You can bet your ass we're going to be live as the hammer falls. And we've heard some little whisperings that there might be a trade going down while we're on the air today. So, of course, if that happens too, you can bet that we'll be on that as well. Uh, just want to go through a little bit of preamble before we go through our show today. Uh, so, Discord channel is the time to join. I'm just going to say it now. Like, season's about to start. You may have not wanted to be there during the off-season hearing all the Brits ramble on about sports that don't matter. But the sport that does matter is back so you need to come and join us really friendly group of great lions fans and other fans from other teams actually are on there as well so you know come and join us really great community link in the youtube and twitch chats right now uh college football podcast and talking about week zero and week one this week yeah College football started up again this weekend, just gone. There were seven fixtures there, so we're going to be having a chat about those. And say we're going to we're going to be chatting week one. We're full in the swing of things now. We'll have a few other bits lined up as well. So yeah, going to be going to be good fun. We predicted one of the upsets at the weekend, which we're really happy with, and we'll uh, we'll try and do some more this week. Please don't forget to like the show and sub to the podcast. It always helps us out. The, the small little uh channels you know they really do need the support so anything you guys can do on that front is much appreciated and don't forget to chuck herman moore a follow at lions nation unite he's brought the best in lions content creators together and they've now got a facebook group too so go ahead to facebook.com slash lions nation unite and follow there we're twitch affiliates we're youtube monetized and we've got a tip jar in the youtube description down below so if you are liking what you're listening to Please don't forget to help us out there. It's probably all going to go end up on our, our Detroit trip in April when we go for the draft. So it's going to come back to the community in some form or fashion. And there's a feedback, feedback form down below as well. So if you've got any thoughts on the show, ways to improve, or that you just want to tell us that you like us, then please don't forget to use that. We're going to break down the news in the last seven days, which includes... The roster moves only pretty much. We're going to talk about preseason game three against Carolina. We're going to have a look at the press conferences, the limited number that I've had between now and then. And then we're going to talk 53-man roster prediction. I think we're down now to about 75. 
or so. So maybe about 20 to go. Uh, I think I read Eric's thing on Pride Show. It's 71 they're at currently, I think, if I remember all is said and done. Fair enough. Well, we are going to predict who we think is going to get all the way down to 53. So stick with us for that. Uh, one more thing I want to remind everyone is that our very own uh, Steve Collins has written a uh, preview for the Lions for the 2023 oh. season. He does go back and uh, recap basically what's happened under the, this regime all the way till now and looks ahead. So go and check that out on rotouk.com. And you old? Um, It's 74. Sorry, 21 to go. Fair enough. So not many, actually. Less than I thought we'd have at this stage, to be frank. But yeah, right. Roster news. And we have waived or released safety Savion Smith. He'd already gone, but he was on injury reserves. He's been released with an injury assessment, as has the wide receiver Denzel Mims. He's now taken a settlement too. And the running back Mo Ibrahim, which is a real shame, but he's got an injury settlement now too. So all of these guys, we've effectively negotiated with them to find out how long we think that they're going to be out for. Um, and then if we wait that length of time in an extra three weeks, then the Lions can sign them back. So it really depends whether they want to sign someone on the open market or not. Other people to leave us so far, interior offensive lineman Alex Mollett, wide receiver Trinity Benson, wide receiver Avery Davis, and uh, wide receiver Dylan Drummond in the last hour or so has also gone tackle. Obina Eze, tight end Daniel Helm, safety Scott Nelson, guard Darren Paolo, and cornerback Colby Richardson. They've all been waived or released. Also released outright because they're vested vets. Uh, defensive tackle Christian Covington, guard Bobby Hart, tackle Jermaine Effetti, wide receiver Jason Moore, and running back Divine Ozigbo. On the injury front, Nate Sudfeld was carted off versus Carolina. There are suggestions he has suffered an ACL injury because of a hyper a hyperextension during that game. They don't know yet. He is going for a second opinion. And apparently Emmanuel Mosley is, and I quote, close to returning. And a decision on that will be taken ahead of cuts. So we'll find out whether Mosley is coming off pup. or and, uh, It's pup, isn't it? Whether he's yeah. coming off pup, and if he does come off pup, means one less spot for the DBs and a lot of people to go. Any surprises for you? Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, no. I think a lot of these guys, you know, we're letting them go early, see if there's other opportunities out there for them. And, and maybe if there is not, we'll see some of them back again. Likewise with the younger guys who've been waived. I think some of them, specifically the likes of Dylan Drummond, etc., I think they will arrive back here in some shape or form. Um, see, not a surprise to see a lot of the offensive line go. I mean, I guess if Eddie will be the one people look at, but I think after seeing how well Sawsdall did on Friday, uh, especially, I think it's kind of they're comfortable taking him as the depth option now instead of taking a vet like him with them. So... I mean, it's positive for us. We want the young guys to do well. We want as many young guys in this team as possible, you know, in there, getting better, you know, make a big young core. You can keep going forever. So, yeah, it, it's a shame. I, th I think we'll see a lot of them back, though. They're not going to give up on Eze yet. I don't think Eze's done enough to be picked up by another team, but you will just keep him on that practice squad. You will keep developing him, and you've seen him flashes in preseason that there is something about him. So I expect him to be priority back here, but... 
Yeah, nothing major for me so far. That they're keeping all the major ones under wraps for now. Um, so I just want to address a question that Mike and the Marine have because it is pertinent to the conversation about the roster prediction, and it's something that a lot of people believe is true. I've just dealt with the question actually on our Discord channel, and I know that Jeremy Reisman has gone to great pains to try and explain the process as well on prideofdetroit.com. So the question is, don't the Lions have to cut down to 51? Because wide receiver Jamison Williams and cornerback Emmanuel Mosley have to be on the 53 and then place on the suspension and pup list respectively. Is that correct? And the answer to that effectively is no, that is not correct. So where someone is on the PUP list or on the suspended list, then they are effectively negated from this roster situation they are not part of the 53 they are on a different reserve list altogether when you're on injured reserve you are shut down for the season but where you're on pup you're not shut down for the season so god knows why there's a distinction there but that is what the distinction is we only have to cut down to 53 if both of them are still on those reserves we'll effectively have 55 and just waiting for them to come back. And then we'll have to cut two others when they come back. If they come back, depends on what happens with all of that. But yes, there we go. Right. Um, Ash understood my title. Thank you, Ash. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so for myself, I am surprised that Ifedi went. I, I I really thought that he would beat out Matt Nelson. And I am sad that it probably means that Matt Nelson makes it. Unless they think that Sawsdall has done enough to be the swing tackle, which I very much doubt. I mean, them two, for me, it's like that meme of two clowns fighting. You know, like one of them's got to win eventually. And, you know, whoever it's going to be, you're still going to have a clown on the roster. So it's meh. I think they'll carry on looking. I think they will still be active on the O-line front for now. Uh, but Sawstill's done a lot for his claims here at this point. And we've still got Hal, who we can move out if necessary. You know, bring Sawstill in for a bit if one of the two tackles gets injured. So we've got options, which still don't require Matt Nelson to see the field very much if he stays. So I'm not overtly concerned at this moment in time, but I think they're still going to look quite heavily when everyone else cuts off their guys. Because there are some decent old linemen around. Some are getting traded as well, even. Never know, they might throw a sixth or a seventh out there for somebody. Very true. Right, let's talk pre-season game three. So Lions went over to Carolina, and, and it was a really interesting game, actually, because Carolina started with their starters for at least two series on both sides of the ball. And they got out to a 10 to nothing lead. And Bryce Young, to his credit, looked really, really solid, I thought. But the Lions' defense also, I thought, looked solid against a first-team offense. The Lions didn't have basically any starters playing this game whatsoever. And I thought that they didn't roll over and let it happen. You know, they were very much in the game. The Lions ended up then having hanging 20 points in the second quarter to nil to lead at the half by 20 to 10 and ran out 26 to 17 victors. Now, obviously... The game doesn't matter. The result doesn't matter. But the performances absolutely do matter. And I think a lot of players either put themselves in the shop window for other teams or really made themselves a factor in this cutdown day happening tomorrow. I mean, the defence has got a lot of questions to ask now 
in terms of guys who were staying here because all the secondary guys really stood out. I mean, this was like Starling's first bad game or below average appearance of the entire preseason. So, I mean, of the entire off-season. Since we signed him as an undrafted free agent, he's done nothing but excel. So you're not going to hold that much against him. But, you know, Stephen Gilmore's emerged. Brandon Joseph's emerged. All these guys have come out and and absolutely worked their asses off. And I think there's a lot of questions at that position now, at corner and at safety. You know, guys like Iffy, like Will and that are going to be in a fight for their jobs. And, and it's a great problem to have. And if we can get some of these guys through to the practice squad, then you're not necessarily worried if you get a few injuries in the secondary. So, like, right, get these guys up from the practice squad and, uh, and here we go. And so, but in terms of the game itself, I loved it. Um, defense was really good early, I felt. Like the first drive, they were looking quite good. They were going, you know, they were moving through us a bit, but then Romeo came up with the big sack. You know, they repelled them, kept them to a field goal, and that's a lot of guys in there who are not starters to hold off that offense the way they did. It was it was really good. And then the second drive, they sort of it was bend but not break. And you know, it was just ended up in a really good pass and and Will Harris couldn't cover a concussed 33-year-old, which says a lot about him, but one bad play there, you're in the end zone. But aside from that, you then, the offense came to play. You know, it was like the return game again. Khalil Dorsey, I forgot to mention him. Hell, he's come from nowhere in the secondary group as well. After the injury to Zilstra, you kind of thought that was him done, but he's been better than anybody since then. But your offense comes to life. You start doing well, you start putting points on the board. And then towards the end of that first half is what I loved the most. We absolutely rocked them. I mean, on both sides of the ball, you are hitting them. You know, you get the touchdown. You are putting them in situations where you get, you know, we came back from 10 points down there. And then you get the Chase Lucas pick. I mean, Chase is another one. I keep just going through games. <laughs> it's like I keep going through guys in the secondary. Chase comes in really well, gets the pick in the end zone. That then leads a couple of players plays later to the Teddy Bomb, where Antoine Green runs it all the way in from 70 yards out. And then Khalil Dorsey comes up and forces a fumble, and it's just both sides of the ball are just landing punch after punch after punch after punch, and they couldn't deal with it. And that is what this Dan Campbell team's about. It's we're going to smack you on both sides. We're going to get the ball back. We're going to put big plays on you. Specifically, that little period in the last two or three minutes of the first half was incredibly impressive on both sides from a lot of guys who needed to do things to prove themselves. You saw what Antoine Green's about. You saw what Khalil Dorsey is about. And, you know, so going into the half, I was really quite impressed with how well that defense did. And like I say, a lot of questions to be asked. A lot of questions. I mean, the the way that this game turned on its head was absolutely incredible because the scores that I gave really don't do it justice. With one minute to go in the first half, the score was 10 all, and Carolina had the ball on the Detroit five-yard line. Now the Lions end up with a pick with Chase Lucas with a diving catch that a wide receiver would be proud of in the end zone to turn it over and get a touchback. So the Lions come out to the 20 with under a minute to go 
run two plays, and then after a first down, you mention the Teddy Bomb. What a throw by Teddy Bridgewater in almost into triple coverage deep. What a route by Antoine Green for 70 yards and a touchdown, really announcing himself in Detroit. The Lions get seven points. And then, as you mentioned, the forced fumble by Dorsey late on. So with 20 seconds to go, the Lions have the ball in the red zone again. Now, they can't punch in. They have a few throws to the end zone, but end up kicking three and go 10 points in front. But without that turnover, they could have been seven behind easily. And this game would feel very, very different. It's not necessarily about the result, but the fact that the team is playing complementary football is so encouraging. Yeah, it was just three very big plays. The interception the 70-yard touchdown and the fumble, the forced fumble. And, you know, that's, you know, you sort of, I sort of compared it against when even Drago was beating the hell out of Apollo Creed in the boxing ring. It's just like, you've got them. They're on the ropes. They are just trying to get in at the half. You will just keep landing hits on them and they don't know what to do with you. And then that just gigied the whole team up because we were really flat in the second preseason. It was just flat for most of that. And then here you can see them, they're pumped up, they're getting into it, everybody's making plays because everyone realises how important this is. And yeah, that that just few-minute sequence there was 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 really big. And then they came out in the second half and they, they just carried on being relentless. You know, that's when Gilmore started coming up with some of his really big plays. Um, and, you know, even, and even then, you know, sort of, Corey Durden emerging from the shadows. You're seeing, you, you know, your interior guys suddenly starting to make plays as well. The D-line was, I thought, was really good, you know, throughout this. Houston was making Icky's life a nightmare, and I love Icky. I think he's going to be a top left tackle in the NFL, and he could not deal with James Houston all game. He was setting him up rinsing him, getting so much pressure on the quarterback. He was just relentless going again and again and again and again. Durden, he was even playing out at five deck in this one. He was having big success there as well. And these more towards their starter guys that you're doing this against. You know, win the trenches. That, that, that's what we do. We're, we're a trench warfare team. We we flipped the script on what they did to us in the NFL last year. Now, granted, it's not first team one versus first team one, but you want to see the improvements and you want to know that your depth guys can come in and make impact plays. And, and, and they did. I mean, there were just so many people I was impressed with. I love Nowaski. I, I kind of really want him back at this point um, in that linebacker room. I mean, in coverage, he was, he was really good making some really good plays out there. And, and it just carried on sort of all throughout. And, and yes, they, they did start to tire a little bit again, sort of towards the end. Panthers did strike back. I know they had the running touchdown in there. But that's when you're sort of really starting to get down your depth, guys, and you really sort of, you know, a lot of guys who have already gone by this point. But I I was just really impressed all the way throughout with this game. There was a lot to love. I mean, one of the biggest things that was worrying Lions fans was... And I, I think a lot of people weren't on this train, but a lot of people were. Teddy Bridgewater did not look good in game two. And for him to come out the way he did, he looked composed. He looked, um, I don't know, like he was capable of operating the offense as a low-end quarterback one, I thought. Like he came out and he was just 
confident, decisive. He was making good reads and the throws weren't just wayward and, you know, slightly off target. It feels like the chemistry is developing between him and the receivers. And, you know, God forbid if Goff goes down, but it kind of feels like what we hope to see from him straight away is coming. Oh, sorry. Just say that. On, I was... on, no, on, on Teddy, just saying that oh, he, yeah, 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 yeah. he decided that he was going to show up and that the chemistry looks like it's developing and everything we wanted mm. to see out of him in game two is now here. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was rusty in this first game. He'd barely been here when he played the first game round. You have a week in the system, you get to know your targets, and then everything slowly looks a lot better. I mean, he hit Mitchell for a few targets. He was going for Cody. We were spreading the ball out to an all variety of different targets. He wasn't just sort of lasering in on one dude is like, that's going to be my guy every time. Like we've seen with some other teams in this preseason where they've been feeding it specifically to one person. Our our targets were shared round. And that's what a comfortable veteran quarterback will do. He'll trust all his options and he will keep spreading it round the field, keeping them guessing. And and yeah, they, they looked like they had a hard time dealing with that. So, you know, the offensive line looked so much better than it did the week before. It was honestly, it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen um, in week two. But the guys you wanted to start doing well, Sorsdall specifically, was the one who really stood out. And you're like, yeah, that's the one we need. He's the guy we need to do well out of all these. You know, Cecil had a bounce back week. He looked better. Hell, even Nelson played decently, which for me, that's like saying he played like God to get sort of a compliment like that out of me. So... You know, and everything just ran smoother. You run the ball better, you play action opens up, your offense just looks a hell of a lot more efficient, which it didn't do in week two. And then your defense just carried on making plays. I mean, just Gilmore's was all over the pick six. We don't see those very often, but he jumped the route, got aggressive. It's just like these depth guys on there, they just they just couldn't hang. They just did not have the same intensity that our guys did who were fighting for these roster spots because there's so many of them who who know they'll get a good opportunity here if they show out. And I think you could just see it. After that sort of first quarter and a half, we just kind of dominated in terms of willpower and want to do things. And it was just it was just good to see all over the field, really. And, you know, we, we played really well. The guys did really well. And I came away, I'm just like, there's so many guys I want to keep now. You know, seeing what they've done, the progress they've made, um, that it's going to be really tough today and tomorrow to see some of these potentially go and be poached by others. But, you know, it's the problems you want to have. You don't want to send them all away and then just them all come back and no one even takes a look at them. So, but yeah, I, I like the game. I had a lot of fun. Um, and it was a good end to the preseason. So it sets the tone for the season going forward now. Serious stuff begins. It does. Um, I, I want to throw some out of flowers out as well late on to Jalen Reeves Maven because I thought that on limited snaps he showed up once again. I thought he'd had a fabulous preseason on defense as a linebacker. And in this game again, he was flying all over the field. I think they've done him, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, I think they've done him a really big solid by basically putting him in the role that we should have given to um, Derek Barnes all along by being this basically downhill blitzing linebacker because Jalen Reeves-Mabin is really good at that. And I thought he was an absolute menace. And I, I haven't seen him play this well on defense in a long time. Now, 
when the starters come out, if he's playing on defense, maybe it's a reason to be worried still. But I mean, his he's his PFF grades in preseason as a linebacker was 79, 75, and 80. That's that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, there'll be a question to be had there about whether you keep him or not, because you know, we've got the we've got the starting linebackers, we've got some depth linebackers in. Like, there's a position for him to be had here, and it's been good, but it's been in very small sample size as well. I mean, he got, what, 19 snaps in this one. He looked good, but also want to know if he can do it over a bigger sample size, if you're going to need him to stand up as well. Uh, but no, he's, he's, he's done he's done what you want him to. He's gone out there and he's played well. So, you know, again, can't you can't knock it. I, there's just so many guys here that I would just be disappointed to lose at this point. He is he is one of them. Um, if if you did, like I say, Nawaski, I wouldn't want to. They'd be just guys all over. But no, Reeves-Aben has done well. The run game, I know there was one time when he shot through the O-line and made a tackle for loss, which was really damn good. I was like, ooh, didn't realise that. You know, he, he sort of had that in there. And like, mm. they, schemed him. they schemed him well. The only critique I did have um, from this, I was with the coaches, was with how much they used James. Uh, he should not be playing 54 snaps in a preseason game. The guy has nothing to prove in terms of getting on this rest. I know he's learning the new position and all, but he's not the only one who's learning this new position. Uh, he's not the only one who's doing different duties, and I just don't like putting him out there that much. And he had such a wonderful game. The guy is a robot. The guy is a phenom. I mean, even to the end, he got that sack in the fourth, and it was the most tired-looking sack I've ever seen. But the fact that he was still beating offensive linemen like these were fresh guys at this point he's been playing all game and he's still beating them and making plays at the end of a meaningless preseason game when they just keep throwing him in there he's making plays against the run he's just he's just so crazy good and there are a lot more guys who have a lot more to prove than he does who are not putting in the same work and effort and not getting thrown out there as much which I don't like. You shouldn't be playing him 54 snaps in a game, but the guy's a menace and he's going to be a big part of this team this year. I think he's going to get 15 sacks this year, the way he could go. His pass rush arsenal, you just can't keep him out and he will just keep coming and coming and coming until you are broken. So love it from him, but stop playing him so goddamn much in these games. I don't hate it. I, I really don't hate it because... He, I, I agree with everything you said in terms of the reasons why you don't play him. But if you have a look at the players that you do have in that position, are we really going to be playing Charles Harris or John Kaminsky or Aiden Hutchinson or Josh Pascal? Because those are the four that sat in this game. And if you have a look at the edge players that played, we only played three edge players in the whole game. We had DTs filling in in those rush end and whatever positions. So they had made a decision, a business decision, that they weren't going to screw with the top two guys at each edge position. And that mandated the rest of the guys really playing a full shift. And it's about injury priority. They just don't see him as someone who is in a top two right now. And, Sucks for him because he's a great player and he probably deserves better than that. And 
that is the reason why there are rumours he's on the trade block. Now, I don't believe that for a second, but you can see where people were connecting the dots here, because if he was an important part of your team for next season, you wouldn't have done that to him. No. And it didn't help that his counterpart got injured again, and I'm done with him now. I hope Julian's one of the next cuts, and I hope he's gone very soon. I'm done with him. I'm done with the injuries. I'm done with the inconsistency. It's over. I'm sorry, but if if Houston is on the trade block and gets traded and Julian ends up on this team, I will come live and I will have the biggest hissy fit of all time. Just not on. And he's played himself out this team. So, I just, you know, I just wouldn't play. I just... Play, play, play three DTs on there. Let them, let them do it. Let them fight out. They're the ones who want positions. Play some outside linebackers, whatever. But it shouldn't be doing him dirty like this. Right, we're going to move on to press conferences. There, where we're going. Sorry, then we're going to talk about our predictions for the fifty-three man roster. We have had some news come out just in the last few minutes. Ash Soden the MVP at work or with friends, but still somehow giving us the news before anyone else. Connor Galvin has gone. He has been waived. The team apparently hope that he will be making it back to the practice squad. Uh, and Jordan Schultz at the Schultz Report on Twitter says that he was the highest rated O-lineman on PFF for the preseason for Detroit and the former Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year at Baylor. The guy, uh, for my own part, because I profiled him um, when we signed him, he's got a really good story. He's a really great guy. So from a personal level, I hope he makes it back. I don't know what you thought about him in the preseason, Am, but in terms of that third-team offensive line, I think he was the the highlight of it so far. And if there is some sort of developmental rookie talent on the offensive line. I think he was the one that stood out to me and maybe someone who we can bring alongside Eze as well. Yeah, I'd expect them two to end up on the practice squad. Um, and you'll you, you'll get them on there. You'll keep developing them. And then you've even got a little bit of competition to get some of these guys on. So, yeah, it's not to be not expected. I guess they want, as, they want veterans backing up, like with quarterback, when your offensive line goes down as an injury, you kind of want an experienced vet you can put in there to patch the work up and try and stay as stable as possible. These young guys, you get them on the practice squad, you develop them until they're ready to to step into that role. So it's it's yeah, it's it's understandable that one. I expect to see him back. I didn't realize you even mentioned the news about Hooker today either. I don't think you mentioned about Hendon, did you? As as he's gone on, it's not unexpected, but he's he's gone on the NFI list for the season, not for the season, but. Obviously, well, he, he's not he, going to be activated. No, no, but he was—he wasn't—he wasn't going to be activated, was he? No, I don't think so. But it was just made official. I don't think we mentioned right. it. Sorry, uh, he was on the list already. So yeah, 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 yeah. They might have confirmed they weren't going to bring him off, but it's the same situation as Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, we didn't mention it at the start. No, I, I know, but he was already on the NFI list. He has been um. since camp. So, yeah, anyway. Ryan McCluskey is in the building as well, making his comeback on the main show, uh, but on mute. So we'll say hi to him in just a second. Um, just setting up. There he is. How you doing? I'm tired. 
there, bed with a, a French bulldog between my legs for the last three nights. So it was nice in the seaside, but oh, I'm ready for bed. I have my own bed anyway. I don't blame you. I didn't realise that you had a nickname for your junk, but fair play. <laughs> I've not even watched a game or anything yet. I haven't watched any college football because I've been away. So I've got a lot to catch up on. Sounds like it. And a lot of cuts coming in thick and fast, Ryan. So we'll have to keep you up yeah, to I'll speed with that. Mm. No, yeah. Not uh, one of the surprise yet. No, no, not yet. Um, well, I mean, Dylan Drummond, I think, is potentially a surprise. If the news is true that we are making a trade, then potentially it's not. But I do think that they've been saying he's been the third best wide receiver in camp, like ahead of Jones, ahead of Reynolds. So I, I am I am slightly surprised. I just think Carter, honestly, I think the Carter, the size he offers, I think that they find that more desirable in comparison, their build and potential on the oh, outside. I- I, 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 are you, do you want to put a wager on whether he'll make it? Because I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure he's not making it. Uh, I'm not sure how many are going to carry. Yeah, that's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think Antoine Green and Carter have got one spot, I think, between them. I think Green probably. He's probably the leader right now. But like I say, if the Lions do bring another receiver, I don't think... He'll be the one, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, you're right. All right, we're going to move on to the press conferences and then we're going to pick our 53-man roster. Just a quick shout-out to you guys in the chat if you've got any questions for us at the end of the show. And this one will be a bit of a shorter one as we are live tomorrow as well for cut-down days. So do get some questions in now because this will be a shortened one, I think. Um... And if there is a trade, then we'll we'll talk about that too. Uh, right, quick bit of press conferences. We had Scotty Montgomery, the running backs coach and assistant head coach at the podium. And he said on cuts and what they want to see. And he said, this isn't just the running back position. We want speed, violence and protecting the quarterback. Every position, not just running back. On uh, Jameer, he said he's learning and he really works at it. What's really impressive is the note-taking, what questions he's asking and getting in earlier than everyone else to put some work in. He said physically, of course, he's on point. And about his interaction with Montgomery, he said you don't learn from coaches, you learn from your peers. And having Montgomery in the room has really helped. Jar came in humble and Monty's helped him find his voice. On himself as an assistant head coach, he said, I've been able to talk with Ben and AG to understand and appreciate the schematics on both sides of the ball, the overall game plan aspects. I've been talking with Dan about planning and decision making. I've been addressing the team in meetings, and that's with the entire coaching staff. But he's been leading the meetings sometimes, as well as um, just developing his defensive knowledge as a guy who's basically been an offensive coach for all of his career. And he said about his biggest takeaway... He said, none of us are as smart as all of us. Every day I can pick stuff up from Ben, AG, Hank Fraley. I'm pouring my knowledge into them and they're pouring their knowledge into me, which I thought was a really interesting kind of philosophical point to life, boys. Scotty's um, an interesting character who talks very, very well. I, I can see why he's coveted around the league as a coach. I was shocked when he was hired as an assistant head coach because I didn't know very much about him. 
I understood the rounded back coach. I thought someone like Hank would be promoted, added to his job title. I don't know if anyone was offered assistant head coach before it came in. I feel like it's quite an important role. It probably goes, it's probably understated. People probably don't think they do that much, but they've got as much power as a head coach, like say, to be an interim. They have to know everything Dan does and be on the exact same page. So I imagine, yeah, it must be quite a steep learning process to be able to learn from everybody. And at any point, at any position, like say, be able to step in, even call some players if needs be. Like if someone gets sick or like, catches the bug or something or gets the flu on the sideline and they go down, like Scotty will be the man that steps in and helps Dan. So, yeah, it's a big old role. And yeah, Jameer Gibbs. I, I love that quality. He just seems like such a, a quiet, calm, collective guy off the field. Like you say, he seems like he's really chilled and relaxed. And then like he's a jitterbug on the field. And that's I kind of like that combination in them. I kind of like it if they're not always hooting and hollering. Like you said, I don't, like Dave Montgomery, I don't know a lot about his personality either. I've really never seen much of him off the field. So if he's got that kind of side into him, a bit of that, that Jamal, that bit of personality, then I imagine they'll gel quickly and he'll, he'll kind of lean on him to look for experience. So, yeah, the, the coaching staff that they've assembled right now, I think, has gelled really quickly. And uh, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Like I said, it looks, it feels like they're gathering lots of potential future coaches in the building just in case they ever need one. Yeah, I've not got much to add. Fair. Right. Uh, last one before the post-game presses was Brian Branch. So this is both August 23rd, so it's five days ago now. He said, I feel like I've made big progress from rookie minicamp camp up until now, just gaining the trust of the guys around me. Uh, he said about learning a lot from CJ. He said he's a great DB and a great person. He talks a lot, but he backs it up. He's hardworking and you want to lean on him. So each practice has been really hard, especially going up against people like Saint and Khalif. And about Kansas City, he said, I've been thinking about Mahomes since last week, and I'm going to start film watching on him this week. Going into the post-game presses, Dan Campbell was first up to the podium, and he said, on cornerbacks and wide receiver backups stepping up, he said, in some regards, it makes it clearer, and in some, it makes it more cloudy, and it's a great problem to have. On cornerback, he specifically highlighted Lucas, Gilly, Dorsey, and Starling as players who did really well. On wide receivers, he said, uh, contested catches, we haven't been good at them in the preseason, but today, Drummond and Green really showed up for those, which is great stuff. He said, on the Teddy throws, a hell of a throw for the Green Dagger, and he'll get better the more he's in the system. He was in a flow and had great command of the offense. He said, we're going to have to let go of some really good players this week, and that's hard to do. He said, Brad and I will sit down mid-afternoon tomorrow, so that would have been yesterday and really bang away at it in terms of cuts. It won't be one big cut. We'll have to disperse it, as we're all finding out now. On Nate, he says, don't know about him. It could be a little bit of a bad injury, possibly a hyperextension. We now know that it's potentially an ACL. On uh, Patterson, he said, he's been really consistent in camp. And with the two misses today, it, we're just chalking it down to being a rough one. But he's been on it this summer and in camp, and we feel good about him. And on the Chase Lucas play, he said it was huge. You could argue it was a 13-point swing. And on the backup 
offensive lineman. He said, they played much better tonight. What really showed up is we got hit on stunts last week, and this week we handled that much better. We worked together, a sign of growth and improvement, as Ant has just informed me that Adrian Martinez has been waived. So everyone wave to Adrian, um, which is not a shock again, and I I know. Uh, Dan Campbell talking about preseason game three, boys, and it's everything, Ant, that we talked about in the game you know it made decisions harder in some ways and easier in others yeah it is i expect them to have a lot of thinking to do the only thing i will say is he's lying out his ass about the kicker there's absolutely no way he's happy with that i mean he just was not good riley was and it's it's going to be a problem going into this season you know his bread and butter is the short stuff and i know he doinked from 53 missed you know mr point you can't be doing that so I think they're going to be very aggressive still in going out there and trying to find guys. You've seen a lot of kicker activity today. I would expect them to be in there, or maybe they feel confident enough to say it's Romo's thing now, but he's lying out his ass about that. Absolutely. But everything else apart from that, yeah, I agreed. It's, you know, it's, he, he, yeah, he, he hit the nail on the head with everything. A lot of hard decisions to make now because of so many good performances in that game. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling good about the kicker situation. And I'll be totally honest, I will not be surprised when we see Michael Badgley in Detroit again this season. He's been cut since three teams now since the Lions released him. Like I say, and he's back, he's a free agent as of again of yesterday. And Dan will have his number still in the phone book. And if at any point he loses faith in either Romo or Patterson and Badgley's there, he will give Mike a ring. And I won't hate it. Because I know what he is and I know what he isn't. And like you say, he wasn't terrible. He was fairly reliable. So, yeah. I yeah, I think we've had like, is it eight kickers since Prater were gone? Like we've had like eight kickers, like try field goals. Like, it's bad. It, it's it's worrying. The turnover of kickers has been alarming the last few years. We're just not able to find any form of consistency. Yeah. And Patterson is yet to really solidify me over bringing him back with an exchange of capital. So, yeah, I'd say this is a lot more wide open the kicking position than we're trying to be made out to believe. So, yeah, it's definitely one of the battles to watch where new faces will probably be introduced. We had us speak on it before you came on, Ryan, so why don't you just have a quick word about the preseason game? I don't know whether you watched it or not while you were away, potentially. I've not seen it, but... I watched some highlights and Bridgewater was a breath of fresh air. With what I've had to look like, I'm not going to bash on Sudfeld now he's hurt. Like I say, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rag on the guy. I feel sorry for him how it's kind of ended. Like I say, but yeah, he was struggling, and despite he known the system quite a while, whenever he came on the field, he kind of felt like something bad might happen, and that's that's not a good gut feeling to have. But when Teddy came in, Teddy's a rhythm quarterback. Like I said, when he gets in stride of like five, six, seven completions in a row, the difference between last week and this week, stark. He has literally got on a, like say on the same wavelength with some guys already. And between him and Hen and Hooker and like I say Goff, this might be the most comfortable I felt about a uh, quarterback room since I don't know. Before Stafford, as an entire three, this might be the best I've felt in my entire fandom. So 
yeah, like I said, I feel like he really gives us that actual insurance blanket that we've just never had to date. So I'm really happy. I mean, considering that Stafford's the best quarterback that the Lions have ever had, I think it's fair to say that this is the most comfortable ever, for sure. Comfortably. What backup quarterback behind Stafford was ever any good? I can't think of anyone. No. Some more news in as well. They're all coming in. Maybe there'll be no need to go live tomorrow at this rate, guys. Uh, Ryan Swoboda and Coyote Arashika are both gone as well. And Coyote was someone I thought would make it. So I am a little surprised. It's taking a, uh, a pace, isn't it? I think someone's coming in. I think someone's coming in the amount who are getting cut. Because you're, oh, not gonna take so f- you're not going to take so few into what you're down to about eight guys now. You're we not, you, have five, six, seven, eight, nine at the moment. Let me look Still. at Rick's list. Oh, Is it just me? Or does anyone hate the fact that they changed the rule about the staggered cups? I hate no, I, I, I don't mind it. I don't like this 9 53. Why can't That's... you go from 9 to 8 to 75 to 53? Those two cut windows, like you say, they give you a better evaluation period. You're really backed into a corner here to make a decision that you could really regret. Oh, we're down to 10 offensive linemen now. But you've still got Purchase, Cecil, guys like that in there. Unless yeah, one I... of them's really going to shock us all and make it. No, I think I think we're going to take eight. And I think we're just going to be comfortable taking eight and bringing someone up from the practice squad if we have to. Well, if Eze and Galvin are down there. I think that eight offensive linemen and two cornerbacks, uh, two quarterbacks means that they are going all in on the DB group and they don't want to lose any of them. No, I, th- I, th- I think that's DBs and maybe receivers. Maybe they are going to take an extra one to start the season. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Or, or DTs, DTs. Yeah, because if, if, if they if they feel good about five, Corey, yeah. Durden, if they feel good about Corey Durden putting him in there, then you never know. Or edges could be Julian. I mean, there's a lot of places um, that could maybe be beneficiaries of that. Uh, just want to give some flowers to McSperiment, James A. McClaw on Twitch, subscribing at tier one for his 10th month. And he says, I think if Nate had changed his helmet visor shades, I would have had more confidence in him. That purplish shade made me look, made made him look nervous the whole time. Who can say? Right. The post-game presses as well that were on the YouTube channel of the Lions. Chase Lucas first up. Ryan's boy saying, I've been doing what I do all camp, but maybe that was the cherry on top. I still feel good about how I performed before this game. Dan came in after the game. He said, I uh, told us that he and Brad had some really hard decisions to make. And you could see the emotion on his face. He doesn't want to do it, but you do know that it's going to be great for Detroit as a result. He said, I gave everything I have. Defense, special teams. I feel confident, but you never know in this business. And he said, Dorsey, Gilly, they're my boys. Whatever happens, happens. On Stephen Gilmore, he said, I give credit to my teammates. They gave good pressure. I just made the play on his pick six. So I just want to be me. Just show everyone what I can do. Make the plays I'm used to making. My comfort level has definitely improved. I feel like I belong here. And James Houston was the last one up. Said, I'm proud of my team going out there and competing and getting the W. I feel like a lot of our young guys have given themselves a great opportunity to get a job. 
and I feel great. Going into year two, under AG, I couldn't ask for a better system to be in. Whatever they ask of me, I'm going to try and fulfil it. And boys, all three of them had an absolutely fantastic game. But Chase Lucas, there's been one president of the fan club for Chase Lucas, which has been Eric Schlitt, and he's been on his 53 every single step of the way. But for the first time, because obviously he was injured for a good portion of last year, all of last year, I think, um, that Lucas came out and, and made a statement that, you know, he he could well belong here because, and we discussed it a little while ago, but that pick turned the whole game around. Yeah, you've got to go out there and make big plays and make yourself noticed, and, and he did. And it was not a second too late because of all the other guys who were showing out there as well. So, I mean, obviously the age is always going to count not in his favour. If you think these younger guys are going to give you more for longer, then it's always going to work against him. So you've got to work even harder to get in there. And there's a reason they draft him. You know, all these seventh round guys, Antoine Green, Gerard Jefferson, there's a reason, a specific, they don't just pick them as throwaways. They see something in them that they like and they want to develop and bring on the roster. And he's shown it in flashes that he can contribute. So it's so interesting, this is. You've got Chase, you've got Gilmore, you've got Stalin, you've got Dorsey, you've got all these guys who have done pretty much everything they physically can to get on the roster. Who are they going to favour now? That's that's the big question. It's The hardest cuts are going to come there. And they say maybe we're trimming to take more of them, but it's, it's tough. But whatever happens to him, he'll have done well and he'll be picked up by somebody looking for depth in the secondary. So, you know, just got to take your hats off to all these guys. I think we didn't really have any of them, you know, at one point just been like, yeah, they're going to make it. Now you could potentially take all four of them. So, yeah, well well done to them. And we'll see what happens. See, I don't know. I I was really excited a year ago. I like to say I've seen him. And I genuinely called. If you put a gun to my head right now and I could only take one of those four, I take Gilmore, but I don't think Lucas clears waivers. I actually think now he's healthy, someone might might actually take a try on him, and I think maybe that's the best case scenario. As if the Lions do go like Starling or Gilmore, I don't think they'll be banking on the fact they can get him on the practice squad because I think he's better than a practice squad. But on the fifty-three, I, I don't know. I'm just not sure. I'm pretty sure, I think he got an interception last year's preseason. I could be wrong. I think he did. I'm pretty sure he made a big play of those games too. And yeah, I think the season-ending injury, yeah, it really did set him back. And then we brought in this crop of lots of good DBs as well. So the situation has got a lot harder for him this time around. But I agree, if the, if we are cutting an axing lineman and going with a skinny, skinny line, and defensive back is probably where they want the extra body. And you could see three of the four you've named all potentially being kept. It could go like eight, nine defensive backs strong. If they just can't decide between them, or like say they go light running back, get rid of Snell and Reynolds to get an extra DB in there. There are ways to work it if they do want to keep these guys. But yeah, I feel like wide receiver and defensive back are where you will probably keep a guy in a position where you don't normally have that many. Yeah, he's he's been really impressive. So he's he's learned a lot in a year. I didn't expect him to still be on the Lions going into this preseason. Actually, I thought they'd have moved on in the last season, 
but he's proven his worth so far to be retained. So, yeah, it's the widest position overall going his cornerback. Five, six, if you want to call it. It's probably the widest one we've got right now. I think it's a really interesting thing as well, this thing with, with Gilmore, because he's played so well. I mean, he was such a menace in that preseason game, but all the way through camp. I mean, it's not like he's come out of nowhere now. We've been talking about him for the last three weeks or so. It feels like three weeks ago, he'd stacked a couple of good days together in joint practices. Two weeks ago, it's not just a flash in the pan. He's still doing really good things, starts playing these preseason games, stacking these good performances. And then it culminates in preseason game three with like a 94 PFF grade after a pick six and like three passes defended. I genuinely think that he's played himself into waiver claims. I don't think he makes it through because the media have talked about him just too damn much. And I think the same might go for Starling Thomas as well. They've been just that good that we're talking about them more than the starters at the moment. Pick your poison, don't you? The one you don't pick, don't clear waivers, and you miss out on a potential practice squad star. So, yeah, you're never going to get this decision totally right. No. Uh, you know, it'll be... They'll know more than us. Obviously, it all comes down to what they've done in training and practice. You know, this is only a small part of what they do. We can only judge so much. So, that we're having the discussion where we don't really mind who comes on. Because I think, at the very minimum, whoever makes it out of these four, be it one, two, three, or four of them, are going to be the best of a really good bunch. And are really going to have earned their way on there. And they're going to offer something big to us this year. So, that's the most positive thing out of all of this. This is, this is a position we wanted to be in, where you have to make these tough choices. Yeah, it it somehow sucks, and yet it is the most refreshing thing in my 15 years of fandom. Nine, uh, 14 years of fandom. It's fantastic. Um, right, we are going to get on with our 53-man roster prediction. And of course, boys, we know that it's going to be ruined as soon as we make it because someone else is going to be cut, unfortunately. Surely Jaron Williams isn't still part of this team. I'm sure he's gone. Um, I'm getting rid of him. Sorry, I've been updating our spreadsheet for the roster that we did during spring training when we had a look at like roster cornerstones and all that sort of stuff. And I've been trying to repurpose it. Yeah, it was a little while ago. So what I'm going to do, and I'm going to try and narrate this as much as I can for the audio listeners of the show, but it's going to be better for the watches on YouTube and Twitch. And if you want to have a look on there, then please do go ahead for that. I'm going to make this big screen. I'm going to share it with the guys and then I'm going to show my entire screen rather than just the zoom here. So bear with me for one second. The amendment we've already done. Yes. Yeah. I've tried to make it work as much as I can. If you spot any mistakes, then let me know. Um, And what do I need to do here? Ah, where's share gone? Share screen. Screen one. Right. Can you see that, gents? Yep. And if I do that, then we're nice and big as well. Okay. So this is the roster as we have it. And the players that are struck through are the ones that were on the team 
in the last couple of days that have been confirmed gone, as far as I'm aware. Now, down there here, I'm going to fill out how many players we've got, and then that's going to populate this here. So we'll come up to our 53 at some point. If they're in red, they're currently on a reserve of some kind, which means they're not going to be counted against the 53 as it stands. Now, Nate Sudfeld is in red. That's because he's expected to go to IR. So I'm I'm presuming that that's where we're going to end up. So if I just take this position by position, we see where we end up with 53, and then maybe we make some adjustments here or there. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. All right, so quarterbacks. Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Hendon Hooker, Nate Sudfeld, Adrian Martinez. Martinez has gone. We found that out about 10 minutes ago. Sudfeld expected to be on IR, and Hendon Hooker confirmed will be remaining on NFI. Goff and Bridgewater, boys, I'm presuming we're not expecting changes here. No. No, we're set. Set, right. First point of contention might be at the running back fullback positions. We've got David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds, Divine Isigbo, Jermar Jefferson, and Benny Snell. And Divine Isigbo was waived, cut. He was cut yesterday. So he's a vested vet, so he's free to sign elsewhere. What do we think is going to happen with these guys? And I say running back fullback, and then I haven't actually got the fullback on there, have I? So we should put Jason Kabinder on, because otherwise that's me, an oversight. And even though I'm typing, it's in white, so no one can see it. There we go. What do you think, boys? Snell. Snell was just a camp body. He, he's gone. I expect him to be cut. Do you agree, Amp? Uh I don't know. I'm not really sure with this running back three. I think Snell's done okay in parts. It wouldn't shock me if they kept... I feel like Snell was the like-for-like -like guy for, for Mo when he went down injured, and I think Mo had a good chance of making this team, so... I, I'll, I will go with consensus here. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think he might make it, possibly. I don't think Reynolds did himself the best of favours the other day when he got a lot of carries as well. I'm just not 100% sure. No, I'm ready to move on from Reynolds. Yeah. I do. So I think I think it's going to be Jamar or Benny who'll get it. I do. Um, so I think that Reynolds has locked up running back three. I don't think there's any prospect he misses out. I think I think that he's 100% he's on the roster. Like, the, the game he had on Friday night, Saturday morning, if it was UK time, I think that he was really effective. Scored the touchdown, seemed to get four yards every carry. He went out there. I just thought he was solid. Like, they didn't even give Benny Snell a chance. He had, what, three carries? But they gave all the, you know, they gave all the snaps to Riley as well. I think there's some of these guys you're really looking at and you're giving a full game audition to. You can lose it in these auditions. But and then you're talking about Kabinda. Everyone seems to be saying, be ready for disappointment if you want Kabinda gone. There seems to be a big thing that he's staying. But in what I position? Want him gone, but he in, won't go. In what, no, and in what position is he staying? As, as running back four, as tight end four, or what, what are you using him as? So it... it 
I think it just clouds it a little bit. But if Reynolds is a call, that's fine. But I don't think it's cut and dry. And I, I don't want it no. to be cut and dry. I'd say put Reynolds and Cabinda in, despite me. So that's what, that, I think that's what will happen. That's yeah. what I think will happen for sure. Whether it should happen that way is a completely different question. But if we're predicting the 53, I'd go that. If I went with what I wanted to happen, I wouldn't have Cabinda either. But I think they will keep him. I think Jamal's destined for the practice squad again. Yeah. 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 So I am colour coding this just to show you who we have staying and going, but that's our prediction. Those are struck through or have red letters. They are on reserve. The coloured in cells are our prediction. Ignore the keys. This was for a previous thing that we did. Um, let's move on to X wide receiver. Got Josh Reynolds. Uh, Antoine Green's in here, but that's a misnomer. He's not an X. He is getting moved. Why don't we just do receivers? Well, it's a lot easier to do it as receivers. It is, but it breaks it down into groups. Oh, I guess we just do receivers. Oh, but they, they they do... It does make a difference. It does make a difference because they like keeping different classes of receivers, don't they? Well, I suppose right. Reynolds is the only one that's going to make it. So, yeah, Reynolds, Josh Reynolds at X. Trinity Benson is gone. Chase Cota is still there for the moment. And Jason Moore has also gone. Reynolds makes it and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Reynolds will be waived, and they'll tell him if you clear waivers. Yeah, you, you'll. I don't know. I I would just leave Cota there for now, because I think that comes back to when we go into the last numbers here. Just for now, just leave him there. Okay, I will Probably leave him. There'll be some of them we can just leave till the end, because when maybe when you get in fifty one, fifty two, fifty three, then maybe so... you go back and make the decision. When I put the numbers on the list, I will put the ones that we've just confirmed in, and then yeah. we'll see how many yeah. spaces we have left. Yeah. Right, so that was the X. At the Y wide receiver position, we have Alma Rasen Brown, Khalif Raymond, and Tom Kennedy is gone. Um, He's gone. Yeah. I, well, I am... They I both hope... go. Yeah. <laughs> you mean they're both staying? To the team, yeah. yeah they're both gone yes. on the team. Cool, 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 cool. I, I misread that for just a second, and I was like, Huh? <laughs> Right, Z wide receiver. We've got Jameson Williams, who is on suspension. Does not count as part of the 53. Does not need to be included in the 53. Doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So he is excluded from this exercise. Just want to make that point again. Uh, and thanks to David Reinfurt 70 on Twitch. Subscribing at Tier 1, his 18th month in a row. Cheers, David. Thank you very, very, very much. Uh, Zebra receiver. So the rest of them after Jameson is Marvin Jones, Maurice Alexander, and Antoine Green. Dylan Drummond and Avery Davis have both been waived. I think for now, I think Alexander's going to be on the 53. I think he's going to make it. I don't. Really? I don't. Yeah. I, th I think he's lost his returning edge. His, his big sell is his returners, and we've seen Dorsey do it. We've seen lots of other guys do it. I'm not certain that that's his selling point anymore. I think Green and Jones make it personally. I'm with you, Anne. And Ryan, I, I kind of thought there might have been a chance, but the thing is, he excelled at something that was Khalif's job. Like, can you make a roster as a backup, as a special teamer? Like, if Khalif goes full-time, I don't know, do you take him off special teams? But... That's, that a fair, that's a fair point, because no one 
I say no one, and I shouldn't exaggerate because I don't know. I do not believe that any content creator, whether legitimate or legitimate or people like us, have mentioned the fact that Khalif may not be doing this. But Khalif Raymond is being played like a bona fide part of the offense and not a special teamer. I'd leave. I'd, I'd be another. One. I'd leave Mauricio White for now. Yeah, right. let's come back to him. Let's yeah, come back. All right, we've got two in there. So we've got two Ys, we've got two Zs. Tight end is the last skill position on offense. We've got Sam Laporta, Brock Wright, James Mitchell. Daniel Helm has been waived. No, he's been cut. I don't care. And Daryl Daniels is still here, apparently. So, tight ends, what do we think? Keep the first three, get rid of the second two. Very easy. I like the lack of dissension on that point. Because it aligns with me exactly. Three tight ends makes 14 skill position players so far. Offensive line. Left tackles, we had Taylor Decker, Matt Nelson, Connor Galvin, and Max Percher. Connor Galvin has been waived, although I suspected that he'll return to the practice squad. What do you think, boys? I think Nelson's going to have to stay. He's going to have to make it with the lack of depth. Yeah, he stays, but not because he's earned it. It's the least deserving person on the roster. Yikes. That's a big statement. Lisa just said, uh, Matt, can you remove the names of the players that have been cut or waived? I'm going to put them in red because we may end up changing our minds and I don't want to remove the names of the players and then I can't reverse our decision on it. So... Percher goes in red, Taylor, Decker, and Matt Nelson stay. Who is our international pathway player? Is it it's, Percher? It's Percher. He, he doesn't count, though, does it, as 53? So he, if he takes the international player pathway exemption, he cannot play at all. Right. He doesn't... Effectively, is he that gets... how many years he's been in a league? No. So he he's effectively cut from the team. And then he gets a roster exemption where basically he can train with the team. And I do think that you can then sign him to the team so he can play. So effectively, it's like having a practice squad player who cannot get elevated unless you sign him to a contract. So he doesn't count, basically. Right. Uh, So Lisa just said, you have some crossed out and some in blinding red. So the players that have been crossed out, they have been actually waived or cut by the team. So those are confirmed moves. Whereas those in red are the people that we are cutting. Ourselves, the Royal Lions guys are cutting these guys. So that's the distinction. She said, how about grey? We'll do grey. Why don't we get rid of the ones who aren't here anymore? Because they're gone. Well, yes, but I want to tell the people who've gone, like to recap the entire roster. But yeah, okay. Well, no, but we can pick we can pick practice squad players from those guys. Let me do my let me do my thing. <laughs> um, left guard, we only have Jonah Jackson at the moment, so I'm presuming he makes it. Yep, yeah, still waiting for extension. All oh, right, centers: Frank Ragnow, uh, uh, Frank Ragnow, and Brad Cecil. Alex Molette was waived earlier today. I'm presuming we think that the starter is making it in Frank right now, but Cecil, boys. No, he's gone. 
They'll play Graham at centre if they need to. Yeah, I feel like Glasgow is more a backup centre than he's a backup right guard, to be honest. I think he was a centre before he transitioned to guard before Ragnar got here, if I remember rightly. Mm. Yeah. All right. Right guard, we've got either Vitae or Glasgow as starter, and Colby at Sawsdall as backup. Bobby Hart was waived earlier today. Outright cut. Beg your pardon. What do you think, boys? Keep all three? All of them? Yeah. And so Sawsdall can to... fill in at left guard if he needs to. I don't think right now we've got to keep them all. Sawsdall or Glasgow, I guess, can fill in at left guard. They're quite versatile, really. Um... And right tackle, there is only one name left. Penny Sewell remains. Jermaine Fedi, Abina Eze, Ryan Swoboda, all cut or waived in the last couple of days. So we'll add in one centre, three right guards and one tackle, which means we have 22 players on offence confirmed so far, which sounds about right. Maybe even sounds a little bit shy, potentially. But let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. And we start at nose tackle with Isaiah Bugs, Benito Jones, Broderick Martin, and Chris Smith. All are currently still on the roster. None have been waived so far. What do you think? Bugs and Martin. I'm tempted to keep Benito. I think Benito will stay, but I, I don't want to speak for all of you. I'd leave him in white and come back. This is one of those That's positions where you might take the extra man. Um, so. Smith goes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Defensive tackle. Ali McNeil, Levi Onzerike, Christian Covington was waived, and Corey Durden. Well, McNeil and Levi are locks. Yeah? And... Yeah, I think I think Levi goes. I think he's done. I think he's shown enough. Durden, I'd come back to him. I think there's a chance he could make it, but we'll come back and see how much room we've got. I think if he stays, he's number fifty-three. But I think he has a shot. Yeah, we'll come back to him. Come back to him. All right. So let's add in two noses and two DTs. Let's go to the rush end. We've got Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris. Both go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They haven't played in preseason a snap, so you'd like to think so. Defensive end, big. We have Romeo Alquara, Josh Pascal, and John Kaminsky. In an ideal world, I keep them all, but it's not going to happen. Do you not think? I'm, I'm pretty certain they all stay. I don't know. I think Romeo, I think he's he's on the fence. I love him, but I, I'd keep them all gladly. I think all three go. All I right. think his I think his brother's the one whose time is up. So two big ends and three rush ends. Let's talk about Jack Linebacker. That's the overhang blitzing linebacker or a fifth man on the defensive line, depending on alignment. And the two players at that position, I mean, you could put Charles Harrison here because he is repping as that position's number one as well. Uh, but we've got James Houston and Julian Aquara, boys. Big decision here, potentially. No. Keep James. I think they'll try trade Julian before they cut him. But James stays. 
James stays, Julian goes. Chalk, one up for the Jack. Right, mid-linebacker, middle linebacker, Jack Campbell, Derek Barnes, Malcolm Rodriguez. Oh, that's all easy. Stay. Oh, I'll stay. They've all had fantastic camps. Isn't it refreshing to see Barnes actually come on? The number of times we've said, oh, maybe he'll come on, and, you know, we, we believe in him, he's got the skill set, but he's actually doing it. Uh, uh, we've got the inside linebacker now, the Will Roll, Alex Anzalone, Anthony Pittman, Trevor Nowaski, and Jalen Reeves Maven. Well, Anzalone goes in. Has to. I think I Pittman and Nowaski, I think JRM, I think he's been observed by Nowaski. So, yeah, Pittman and Nowaski, I think, make it. Really? Yeah, they love special teamers, but I'm I'm I think they're done with JRM. I think Trevor might have beaten him. The I like Trevor better in coverage than Reeves than JRM. Yeah. That's the problem I have here. He he looks better, but it, and we've got the blitzer in Barnes. And the, but then it's special team stuff. It's this is really tough. Because I mean Pittman's not played that bad in fairness. He's shown that he can do a little bit as an actual linebacker as opposed to special teams. So this is this is tough. I I, I feel like this is the room that we. Uh, what would they do? Uh, so they I do? I think for me I I think JRM has played well as a special team and as a defensive player now. So contributing the most on both of those things, I would put him in. And then I would leave both of the others in white. Uh, I'll leave them all in white. Let's let's okay. revisit this at the end. Because it's all tough. right. Yeah, that's fair. So one of those and three of those. Uh nickelbacks. We've got Brian Branch and Chase Lucas only. Put Brian in. We'll come back to Chase. This is this is yeah. going to be that tough call there. Cornerbacks. We have Emmanuel Mosley, who is on the PUP, and they are deciding whether he's going to be activated or not. For now, I think we should assume not, because yeah, he's not at the moment. Him. Allows us to keep someone else as well, which I feel better about, to be honest. Uh other cornerbacks then, Will Harris, Stephen Gilmore, Cameron Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, Khalil Dorsey, and Starling Thomas V. Colby Richardson was cut earlier t- yesterday. Right, I... Well, get take the obvious ones off. Put Sutton and Jacobs in there. Also, they're not going to get rid of Will Harris. They gave him extension for a reason. They trust no, him. No, I'm, I'm going to argue this one. No, not yet. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm with Ryan. I, I, if you were doing a what do you want to happen, totally back you, Ant. But I, I genuinely think that there's no chance in hell he's leaving. No, no. His two selling points are that he's versatile. Well, I'm sorry. There's a lot of other guys on this team who are versatile. You are not losing much versatility with him going. And the second is the contract. 
oh, he, you know, you get him for 800 grand when you're paying him two and a half million, etc. Well, you've got Stalin, you've got Gilmore, you've got a ton, you've got UDFAs, seventh round picks. They're not going to cost the earth to be on this team. He loses his two parts of leverage on here. And special teams, the rest of them can play special teams as well. The fact that he's been out there playing says a lot. And the fact that he's been out there playing bad says a lot. I don't think it's as cut and dry as people say it is with him. Because I think these young guys have shown the way. For me, put Gilmore in green and I'm getting rid of Darcy. He's the odd man out of the four cornerbacks that have mentioned. I just think he's on the outside looking in, to be honest. I also think Gilmore makes it. I think Gilmore makes it as well, so we're all aligned on that one. I would suggest that Starling has pretty much solidified his spot. He's been repping high all the way through camp. I probably get rid of Darcy. He'll be the he'll be the he'll be the special teams guy to start with, Starling. But that'll be his immediate route in, and they'll rotate him in and out. So our choice here is. Or just leave... Okay, so Will Harris, Chase Lucas, Khalil Dorsey, all in white at the moment. Well, I mean, I'm outvoted on Harris. If you if you do think he will, then you can put him in. I mean, you make a persuasive argument. You do, you do make a persuasive argument. And the thing is, if it comes down to a choice between Will Harris and Khalil Dorsey, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. All right, I'll leave them in white for the minute just to see what happens when we come out of this. How many are we at? We are at currently 41 players, and we've got safeties and special teamers to do. So safeties... Melifonwu has gone for me. I'm at my wit's end. I've given up, unfortunately. So safeties... Keep the obvious three. Yeah. So CJ Gardner-Johnson, Tracy Walker, Fancy Melifonwu, Kirby Joseph, Brady Breeze, Brandon Joseph, and Scott Nelson got cut yesterday. So I'm presuming by the three, you mean CJ, GJ, Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph. Yeah. See, I like Brady Breeze. I think he's good depth, good special teamer. He's a good tackler. He's a hard worker. But is that enough? See, I've Andy been. If he's kind of there nipping at the heels, I think Brandon may have played his way in. I do. There's been a lot of big plays he's made in the preseason games, but Brady is special teams guy as well. He's been on the team before. He has his role there behind the other three. Probably won't see the field much. I think it's a dead heat between them two. I think. I'm really but struggling I, between I, I them all, to be honest. I don't think if he's done. I don't think if he's done, I think the team have screwed Iffy and he deserves more time to prove himself. Um, but I think he just needs a new environment. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's still he'll be a good NFL player. I think he will. It's just whether they want to persist or not, which is Best the trouble. Brandon Joseph. Yeah, I think Brandon. I think Brandon Joseph will make it. Big he's call. a free safety, whereas Brady is not a true free safety. All right, Brandon Joseph in. I will dissent here. I don't think Brandon will make it. I think it'll be a practice squatter, personally. Right, we've got, we can review now. Right. So. so, Riley Patterson, Jack Fox, Scott Daly, Parker Romo, the special teamers. I would, be, I, I would keep Romo. 
I'm with you, Ant. I would keep Romo, but I think the team are keeping Patterson. Or they're going to sign someone else. Yeah, this is going to be one of those positions that I think changes between the announcement of the 53 and the start of the season. But I'm almost tempted to keep neither kicker. I mean, they didn't last year, did they? I, I believe we didn't take a kicker on the 53 last year. No, we didn't. We cut them both. Yeah, so they're I not they're not averse to doing it. They're not averse to cutting them both. Because, I mean, that, again, allows you to keep... You know, if you're not going to keep a kicker, it allows you to keep Iffy. It allows you to keep Benito. It allows you to keep one of those guys where you kind you still of figure out one, one of them before the start of the season. Though. I know, I know, but it gives you longer to have, it gives you longer to hold on to them and figure out what you want to do. If you're not quite ready to make a full decision yet, it gives you more time. Do Jack and Scott. So Jack and Scott, yeah. Jack, Jack and Scott for sure. They have to. Yeah. I would, I would strongly go Patterson. Basically, on the ba- back of Dan's interview. Now, I buy what you said, Ant, that he was being kind in his presser, saying, you know, you said that he probably isn't happy with what happened and it's an outright lie. But I think we've seen Dan before call out people when he wants to, and we've seen him not want to answer questions he doesn't want to answer if he knows something is happening. So um, Denzel Mims, he was asked, you know, what's he bringing to the room? And he said, well, he's in the room. You know, when he doesn't want to give a good answer, he doesn't. So I think the fact that he was willing to go and bat for him says that he's probably getting in. I don't know. I think kicker's one of the biggest confidence positions on a team. I think you have to take a different tact with your kicker. You can't just go, no, he's shit, but we're taking him anyway. I think you have to be more encouraging towards them. By the way, I don't think we take... I think we cut them both. Has he done enough from what we've seen to earn this job and to make you feel comfortable out, comfortable about it? No. And I don't think they're going to take hangers on on this team this year in any department. So my, dis- vote, is, my, vote, my vote is none, but I'm ready to go with the consensus. I don't think we take one. I, I think one of them goes. I think that they take one of them. I think Romo will go if you they think... do get the one. And then they'll probably bring another one in straight away. One of the things I want to do is if if we think they're going to have a kicker on the roster, I don't want to falsely kind of not pick one so we can have another one on the 53, if you know what I mean. Like, it feels like well, a if cheap we, if, way. If we've got to take one, then I'm taking Romo. All right, let's or, let's let's just take Romo for the sake of argument. Uh and let's not do that because that's not the way I've done the sheet. We are up to 48 players. We have five spots, and the players we have in white are Chase Coter, Maurice Alexander, none of the offensive linemen, Benito Jones and Corey Durden, Anthony Pittman, Trevor Nowaski, and Jalen Reeves Mabin. Uh, Brady Breeze, Ifatu Melifonwu, Chase Lucas, and Khalil Dorsey. And we'll so we can take five of them. I'd say Benito Jones probably does make it. Yeah, I think you take more depth at DT. You I need be, more guys. I would be quite, pretty confident that Benito will go. He's played so well. Yeah, and they've given him a new rule deal. Out rule out the, I think you can rule out the rest of the offense. I am on board with that because I think there's more defenders I want to keep. So that would leave us with only five wide receivers on the roster. 
One, one two, three, four, five. Gibbs. For now. For now. For now. I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm happy, happy with it. it. I think they only take five, but yeah, I'm happy to go with that. Yeah, honestly, I think they might utilize Sam Laporta as the slot. Yeah, we're forgetting, and we're forgetting this. Right in line. We're forgetting this. You've got Laporta and Mitchell to be receivers for you as well. Yeah, and, all right, and good Jameer Gibbs. Right. We do so, need another inside line. We need another inside line backup. We do at least one. I would go to bat for Jalen Rizmaven. I think he's had a fantastic preseason. They gave him a bigger contract and he's fulfilled it since he's signed it. I, I, I would probably be inclined to agree. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I would also say about Nawaski, I think he makes it back to the practice squad. I don't think he's getting claimed. No one watches Saginaw State or South Saginaw State or whatever they're called. Like, with respect to the fans of the team... The NFL guy's probably like we're probably the only team that ever heard of him. You know? Right, so he's defensive backs, isn't it now? How many have we got? We've got two spots left. Is it? We have got three spots left. Got, I think Chase. You know what? Oh yeah. I would keep Iffy because of the upside he offers still. He has been hampered by injury, but still offers you a Top level player, if you get some out of him. So, our, so we have to choose out of these five, we need to choose three Will Harris, Chase Lucas, Ifati Melafonwu, Brady Breeze, and Khalil Dorsey. They're the five. We need three. I would suggest yeah, that the player bottom of that list for me is Brady Breeze. We've already yeah, got four safeties, and I don't think we need five. Yeah, I think Dorsey and Breeze are out. Yeah. I would suggest that if we're taking Brandon Joseph, I would say that if he would be gone. I don't think you need five safeties. Yeah, but you're, you're putting Gardner Johnson into this, and I don't know how much he's going to play at safety. You know, it, it depends how they want to utilise it. I mean, you could say Branch is a safety as well. So then you need more corners. So it, it it's a very versatile group who you can do a lot with. Uh Brenton has just corrected me by saying it's Saginaw Valley State. My bad. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We did have Pittman and Nowaski as well, didn't we? We could take one of them right. as well. Will Harris is the tweener, so Will Harris is going to make it. Right. Will Harris makes it. You think Malafonwu makes it, both of you? I think if he does. I think it's last chance saloon, probably. Yeah. yeah if he's healthy. Okay. So chalk up another one for the safety and another one for the corner. Then I think Lucas makes the last one. Yeah, I think I, I'm ruling out Breeze and Darcy, unfortunately. I think you can only take one of JRM and Pittman. I don't think you can take them both. And JRM's done more. And Nowaski, I do agree, he will get to the practice squad. But I wouldn't so, be upset if he made the 53. So we have 22 offensive players, 28 defenders, and three special teamers. So let's go through the team again. Goff and Bridgewater at quarterback. Running backs, Montgomery, Gibbs and Reynolds. Fullback, Jason Cabinda. Wide receivers, Josh Reynolds at X. Amon Rasson Brown and Cleef Raymond at Y. Marvin Jones and Antoine Green at Z. Offensive line, we've got Decker and Nelson. Jackson, Ragnow, Vitae, Glasgow, Sawstall and Sewell. 
which appears light, I think, with eight, but needs must. Uh, no tackles, Bugs, Jones, and Martin. Defensive tackle, Ali McNeil and Levi Onzerike. Defensive ends, Aiden Hutchinson, Charles Harris, Romeo Alquara, Josh Pascal, and John Kaminsky. Jack linebacker, James Houston. Mid-linebackers, Jack Campbell, Derek Barnes, Malcolm Rodriguez. Inside linebacker, Alex Anzalone, Jalen Reeves-Mabin. And then cornerbacks, Will Harris, Stephen Gilmore, Cam Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, Starling Thomas V. Nickelback, Brian Branch, Chase Lucas, safety, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Tracy Walker III, Ifanti Melifonwu, Kirby Joseph, and Brandon Joseph. Kicker, Parker Romo. Punter, Jack Fox. Li- uh, long snapper, Scott Daly. Any any thoughts on any position being potentially a little light or, or having too many players? If you want the breakdown by position, we've got them just here. I think a lot's going to change. The, the nature of how this has been done this year with cuts just in one big go at the end is going to mean there's going to be a lot more transactions afterwards than there would be usually. You, you get a lot of these moves done weeks beforehand. So I yeah, think this is totally different. Yeah, yeah. This the first 53 is going to be nothing like I think the one that goes to the Chiefs. I think there's there's going to be a lot of change. Uh but for now, I'm quite comfortable with that. I think the guys who've earned it are in. There's not too many that I don't like. And yeah, I know the offense is light, but I think they will be looking for new linemen. They will be, I think, receiver. We will see movement there. Um, so that that will change. But you want to keep your best players for now. All right. So that is our fifty-three. If you've got any comments, do get them uh, in the in the comments below on YouTube. We welcome you your thoughts. We'll tweet it. Yeah, I will definitely get a screenshot up for sure. Um, right. Stop the share there and make us big. Right, we've got some questions. And I just need to turn that off and turn that on. There we go. Okay, so we've got some questions in from viewers. And if you guys have any questions, then please don't forget to at us again and get them in. They're both from Carlton on our... On our um, Discord channel, so please don't forget to join us in there for chat all the way through the season. He asks, and I think these are two really interesting questions, guys. I don't know if you've seen this. One, he says, is everyone in the 90-man roster prior to this weekend shown the full playbook, including verbiage, or do the 53 have some learning to do? What do you think? Do you think they keep anything back from these guys? Because the second question is, are cup players allowed to sell their knowledge of previous teams' playbooks without actually signing for someone? So he's worrying about trade secrets, I think. You know, do you, do you think they hold anything back from some of these guys or make it a bit vanilla before you get the 53-man roster together? I think they do that just so it's easier to learn. I don't think they want to overload rookies, like receivers, like especially Antoine Green, like Drummond and that they will have ran really basic routes where like their routes might have been a fizzy drink or a hot drink. Like, and we've watched like quarterback on NFL, like the things Kirk Cousins has to read out, like the 10 word players, like to tell you receive what's going on. They will dial some of that back in, I reckon. And then once they make the 53, 
it'll be back in the book. So I I would imagine something is held back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about people selling anything or going to a new team that ends up playing the lines and saying, "Well, I learned this, so if you hear this, this means this," because they're fully aware when they're playing an ex player. And they will change things up if a team has a few X players on it, I reckon. They will have a, a backup plan like to try confuse them. I think they're very aware and like they're they're aware they're ahead of that. So yeah, I, I do think they water it down for some people, definitely. Um, I mean I don't know. I don't, you don't sign, you know, NDAs in the uh, do you to be able to keep all these trade tricks. I think you're gonna figure it out one way or the other. And I think there's definitely teams who will sign players deliberately to try and figure something out. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's all right telling teams, you know, what sort of things you're going to run, but stopping them is an entirely different thing. And I think OCs are smart enough to keep updating the playbook. I mean, these playbooks are huge. So it's like trying to pick one of 50 plays they might bring out on you. It's like, you just can't prepare for them every time. So I, I don't think it matters. Um, I think they will keep some things back because, you know, they do first teams reps, second teams reps, etc. I think they will do a few more things with those guys, but I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it, but I don't think, again, people are really concerned about it either. Especially trick players. They won't teach anyone that that's not on the 53. They no. make trick plays during the season, like I said, the, the special team stuff will be specifically designed for the 53 when they know it is. Mm-hmm. So finally, we're going to discuss Mike Evans. There is the rumor out there that we are trading for him. We ourselves, we've been fed some information about what the potential trade compensation for it is. I will say that it is a third party source, which frankly, I've not seen. I have no confidence in if it happens. Great. But let's talk about the possibility of it. Mike Evans, boys, you and I've obviously been somewhat jokingly, but very seriously kind of pulling for this to happen. And if it does, I mean, who who's the person who potentially falls? Who, who do you think might go for him and what might it bring to the team if we do get him? I mean, I don't care who goes for him. I just want him on this roster. I mean, it's not a joking thing either because if people are critiquing this team, what are they critiquing? They're critiquing the fact we don't have a wide receiver one. You know, that we've got Amon Ra, that we've got all these guys, but, you know, we don't have that true out-and-out guy who can just go out and win your games on his own. Um, and if you bring him in, you have Amon Ra, you have J-Mo, you have, you know, you're going to have, you start talking like Raymond and Marvin Jones and Reynolds as your pure Thoris second string, and you're like, eh. he's a guy who does it every single season. You know, he is highly disrespected in terms of just how good he is. He's never in the top five of league-wide receivers, despite the fact that every single season he pulls in a 1,000 yards on some good Tampa teams and on some really bad Tampa teams. doesn't matter who's throwing to him, the dude produces. You put him on this team, we become the second-best team in the NFC because there are then zero glaring holes on this team. You can't go out and nitpick anything. I mean, you can nitpick, but you can't go out and say that's a big red flag on your team. So I can understand why they would to do it. I mean, what, what do the books gain by keeping him? They're tanking for number one this year. They quite clearly are, given that it's Mayfield who's going to be taking on that offense. 
and you know Trask the back up and you know Ryan Jensen has just been ruled out for the season he's one of their few good offensive linemen left outside of Tristan Wirfs they're letting guys go what the books have nothing to gain by keeping him so the price isn't going to be that high he's out of contract at the end of the season so they're not exactly in a position unless there's a frenzy bidding war for him to go out and do it and you know it makes sense for us you know we've got a lot of young picks on this team I don't mind giving up capital for him because we've got a ton of young draft studs on here already we don't necessarily need them so I just think it makes all the sense in the world for us we need a guy like him we're ready to go he makes you a contender right away and at the same time we're in a position where we can give him a new deal but we're also not going to screw up our future either this is all about long-term sustainability. It's not like he's going to get six years, 180 million, something stupid like that. He's going to be on a good contract. He's going to be a good player for us. And he's going to take us over the edge. So I just, I hope it gets done. And, you know, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Because Tampa have nothing to gain by keeping him at all. He's also got nothing to prove or no reason to stay. He's verging on the 10th year of breaking the record of a 1,000-yard receiving season. He's already a borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah, and the books are about to... They're going down like the Titanic. Like you say, strapped for cash, injuries all over, quarterback room is a mess. If they can offload him for, I don't know what, two day two picks to start the rebuild a little bit quicker to use them to get their quarterback next year, apparently a bit trade up. Why wouldn't you? I think he will definitely listen to teams that he'll only go to someone he considers, like say, a legit threat in the NFC. And if you listen to what, if you believe what everyone says, that's the Lions. And if Brad Holmes think our window is just opened, do you know what? Go get him. If you have to pay him $13, $14 million next year, you know what? So be it. He's the pinnacle of consistency. And he's only 30 years old. He's really healthy. He hardly ever gets injuries. If you get three, four good years out of him, it's money well spent. Like I say, he would be the end of... I, I reckon Marvin Jones will probably make way. Or Reynolds. One of them One of them will go because he's an outside big body possession receiver. But yeah, if, if there's any credibility into it, I'd, abs- I'd be throffing at the mouth if we get it done. Like I say, I agree, Ant, he won't be that expensive. One high day, two pick, multiple picks, like I say, and then give him a, a decent extension, what is odd. I think he needs a change of scenery. I don't think he wants that team to... They're going to drag him down. This year, it could be a really down year for him, and he don't deserve that. He deserves better than Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Just want to give a shout out to Lost Oceans, who said earlier on, and I must have been, I missed it. So thanks to Amp for drawing it to my attention. He says, birthday shout out to my oldest, who turns five today. I've got him hooked on the Lions. That's child abuse. He says, so I'm doing something right with this parenting thing. Yes, you are. Happy birthday to them. Hope they have a fantastic day and, and you too. Um. Yes, yeah, so Mike Evans, if he's traded at the moment, the Lions would inherit a $14.5 million salary number for the current season. I think that's more than manageable, would provide a solution X wide receiver. I'd be tempted to, frankly, let Josh Reynolds go. I think he's had a low-key preseason. 
to say the least. I don't think I've heard about him at all. And I think you need him if someone like Mike Evans comes in. So I'd love to see that. Uh, Mike Evans, Sam Laporta, Amon St. Brown, and Marvin Jones, Antoine Green, Jameson when he comes back. That's an unbelievable offense. Now, it's so overpowered, it's ridiculous. Hell, Montgomery in as running back, Gibbs as the Zebra receiver. Screw it, let's go. Let's go all <laughs> guns blazing. That's what I want to see. I can't I can't wait. Jared Goff will definitely forego some money if he goes to Mike Evans. He will say gladly, do you know what? If you're going to give that to me, go give it to Mike Evans. Give me Mike Evans. I'll gladly take a lesser, bigger deal, like say. So, yeah, this is the in time to invest around him as well mm-hmm. as in him. And if anything else, make the books eat some of that contract as well this year. You're going to give them, you know, if they want to get that off their books. Oh, this is like week seven, isn't it, or something? Week seven. Lisa Lisa very well points out that Khalif Raymond would be that guy. Of course he would be that guy as the ZY receiver. Jameson back week seven. Seven. Yeah, can play 11 games. So start week seven to... The spread mm-hmm. offense with Khalif Raymond, Mike Evans, Jameson Williams, and I'm on, I'm on Rasset Brown, and then Sam Laporte on the end of the line. That that's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be it's horrific for other teams. I can't wait. It is, and like I say, it doesn't screw you up long term. This is the wonderful part about this: it does not screw you up long term. That's why we've got this money to play with this year. We've got spare money. Go out and do it. You've got a big opportunity in the NFC this year. And like he's going to be that veteran guy who's been there, who's won a Super Bowl, who is still desperate to produce in this league. I mean, like if he, he leads Detroit up there, then he's, his fame's going to go even further. So it just makes sense for everybody this does. Uh, so apparently the franchise tag for wide receivers next year is apparently going to be $23 million. I'm just wondering, is there a realm where you Justin's, can get Mike Evans and then wor- just worry Ju- about it next year? Justin Jefferson's contract's probably going to send that higher. True. That's a fair point. Because they mm-hmm. said they want that doing by week one, so that's apparently meant to be coming in the next week. And I mean, what we've pontificated, it could be well over $30 million, that could. I'd rather... I'd rather give up, like, say, a fourth-round pick and give Mike Evans $14 million than go out and go get Julio Jones for, like, $2 million and just be tight and stingy. That yeah. would be the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Do not go and get someone that is completely washed up. Don't go get Sammy Watkins because you want a big-bodied outside receiver for 2 $3 million because they're gone. Their legs have gone. There's no production. Yeah, be aggressive. If you think your window's opening, go out there and make an aggressive move and make a statement. Brent just said, how many yards could Evans get in Ben Johnson's offense? I'm not even really worrying about that. He's a he's a stock kind of thousand-yard receiver guy. I'm not even thinking he'd get necessarily much more than that, but the attention he'd draw away from Amon Rasen Brown, Khalif Raymond, Sam Laporta would be invaluable to the entire offense for me. Oh yeah, he what Calvin had. He's got height. He's got strength. He catches balls at the high point. He's good in the red zone. Yeah, he don't have to do it all. He's basically he's like Herman used to be while he was here. Just that consistent guy who you are going to get high level performance out of and lots of production out of. 
But what he does for the other players will be just as big. I mean, you've seen with other receivers, you know, on that Bucks team who have benefited from from him and what he brings to this team as well. So it's just every facet of our team gets better with him in there. If you don't come here, I would put good money on. There's no chance he's a book by the trade deadline. He will force that move through if they it, are tanking. It's crazy. Are you just going to let a, an eight-year, 1,000-yard receiver leave for nothing? I mean, in, in a dead season where you're doing nothing, it's it would be suicide by their ownership to not get something for him. You know, you get a, like, you, like you said, right? If you can get a couple of picks... Give yourself a bit of opportunity to move up in the draft, get some of your future studs, rebuild, because that's what you're doing. You're rebuilding. Then that's the sensible thing to do. Now, whether the book's hierarchy is sensible, I don't know, but that's what they should be doing. They should be entertaining offers and building for the future because this year ain't the future for them. Right, I have a question that I'm going to get to after I've reel off the end of the audio show. So, if you're on YouTube and Twitch, bear with us as we round this out now. Next episode on the college show, and is going to be what? Um, we're going to be reviewing the week zeros fixtures, uh, seven games at the weekend, and then so we're going to take a look forward to the. The big opening this week, week one, a lot of fixtures going off. So, yeah, we've we got a lot of actual college football to talk about this week. So it's going to be good. Uh, next show on the main podcast is going to be this time next week, Monday, September 4. And that is going to be our annual season prediction show. The boys go through every game and give a win or loss prediction with a point differential and we'll use that to crown a winner come the end of the season so check it out find out quite how high or low the boys are on this and i do think guys that we might have martin birrell back which will be interesting because i'm pretty sure he accepted the invite for monday's show so we could be a proper steve, full house steve is going to be back next steve week so, for all of you guys watching, if you've not seen the full Royal Alliance crew before, come and check us out next week, because it's going to be a good show. And that's the first of three shows at least that week. Might be four. I think it could be four. Monday, so, we've got the season pretty... Sorry. I was about to say, so the Woodward Lions beat writers just tweeted out that noise is growing regarding a trade for an offensive player. There we go. So... It's oh, I don't like this. I don't want to get my hopes up. Anyway, so roster cut down live show. So that's the first show actually. Next tomorrow, four p.m. Eastern, nine p.m. UK time. That is the deadline for cuts. We'll be live then, just to break down the fifty-three man roster as it stands. See what happens. Next week, Monday's the season prediction show, as I just highlighted. Wednesday is our Lions at Kansas City preview show. And then on Thursday, half past one in the morning, our local time, <laughs> we will be doing a live reaction show for the Lions in Kansas City games. So that's going to be really fun. Hope you can join us for that. And then we are going to be doing our review show at some point later on that week as well. So, and somehow, some way, there's probably going to be a college football podcast in there as well. So there's five shows that week 
that's going to be messy. It's going to be really messy. But NFL season's back, boys. I I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. Right, socials. You can find us on Rural Lines UK on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My thanks to you all for listening all the way through the summer. The viewership, the listenership has been excellent. We have more than doubled our average viewership from this point last year to now. We haven't ourselves done our annual recap. We actually need to schedule that for some point in the next seven days before the season starts. But each year has been so much better than the last one that we've done. So thank you for sticking with us all the way through the summer. Season starts. And very optimistic. But let's find out how much so on Monday for the season prediction show. But for now, let's go Lions 1 Pride. Thank you.